I've told you the guys the story about the one of the times I hit a deer and I just drove home. And then did she leave a note for your parents? Uh, that was a different time. <laughs> did and then like three days later in the paper was there about some dude was killed by a motorist who drove away? <laughs> no, I I hit the deer and I I I, I knocked on the, I got home at like four thirty in the morning and I knocked on the. The, I was like maybe two miles from my house when I hit the deer and I knocked on my parents' bedroom door and I was just like, I hit a deer, deal with it in the morning. And when I woke up in the morning, I had an Oldsmobile 88 Royale and my dad was just like out there with a mallet trying to like hammer out some of the dents in the hood. It was like, yeah, yeah. this is good enough. And it was. God, God I love your dad so much. That, <laughs> God, that's what a man does. Because I mean, b- back when cars were made of steel, you just gra- grab the mallet. <laughs> You can yeah. fix that up real quick. Shh. Listeners, welcome to another episode of a free podcast. Uh, we are talking about our 90s monster rehash. I'm your co-host, Rob. Joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello. The animal is loose. <laughs> we are talking about, guys, I've been practicing. I've been working with my wife on this. <laughs> we are talking about the 1994 film Wolf. There you go. Yeah. I kind of miss your old way of saying it because it sounded like like a really half, half-hearted bark. Like, we're yeah. talking about <laughs> Wolf. It's Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, it's, I have to think so hard to, like, put the L sound in there. Um so I may slip up, but I'll do my best. Um, I hope from now on you only say it the wrong way when there's a full moon. <laughs> Is there a full moon tonight? Probably not. Uh, who cares about no, the moon No way phases? to find out. <laughs> After this movie, we should fi- we should care. All right. So um, before we get into the plot, we have yet another, uh, you know, Dracula comes out. Francis Ford Coppola directed it. We talked about it. And then 94 comes around. We have all these movies that are, like, trying to do the same thing. We talked last week about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Kenny B. And now we have <laughs> uh, Mike Mike Nichols and his attempt in this movie at, at Wolf, do you the think, werewolf movie. Do you think he thought this was another version of Virginia Wolf? I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The two very different movies and wild they're by the same director absolutely wild uh, both about marriage troubles anyway. <laughs> yeah, yes yeah 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 that's true that's true for better uh, or for worse <laughs> <laughs> so okay oh boy let's jump into what happens in this movie um we have jack nicholson as the main character, he plays uh, Will Randall. I like that name, guys. Will Randall. It's a good movie TV show name. Strong name. Yeah, strong name. He gets bitten by a by a. By, <laughs> he's like just, I don't know. He's driving around in Vermont, and he and he like gets out of his car because he hits a he hits a wolf, and then he goes out there and he gets bit pokes, by it. Pokes it with a stick. <laughs> with the tiniest little stick, like well. He, yeah. He's clearly scared, which I would be too. I would not approach that. I would and not. Have, I would you would not have, have just driven away, right? <laughs> oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure, dude. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just like, listen. I would wrong not bad have... place, wrong time. I mean, he's he's kind of. He probably should not approach the wolf. No, but I respect him worrying about other uh, motorists and trying to clear the road. 
All right, so he is he, he's there's some court there's a lot of corporate politics going on in this movie. Oh uh, God, <laughs> he works in a publishing house. I know one of Duff's favorite yeah that, that famous industry that just <laughs> fills the seats in the movie theater. The thing that Americans famously care a lot about. Yeah, the New York publishing scene. A lot it, of talk in about the, the most publishing glamorous houses. looking hip office in the world. It like, is de- it, it is definitely a thing that like. Only people that care about this are people in the industry or writers. Like no one, no one even thinks about publishing houses. If you care what's happening in that storyline, you are a sicko. <laughs> I mean, what is wrong with you? So he, he uh, essentially his um, his publishing house is bought by uh, by uh, by Captain uh, Von Trapp. Yes. <laughs> uh, by Raymond Alden, played by Christopher Plummer, and. Um, he gets demoted, and his, as they say, protege, um, uh, Stuart, Stuart Swinton, another great name, <laughs> uh, played by James Spader, which, listen, we will get to more James Spader as we talk about this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, so that happens, and all the while that's happening, we got, we got old Will starting to have some, he, he can smell better, he has some little, like, weird little heart issues occasionally, he can, like... You know, he feels better though, for the most part, outside of got the that heart al- palpitations. Got that, that alf- alpha energy. Yeah, big time alpha energy. And um, he then finds out with his nose, because he's got super smell, <laughs> that uh, that this this uh, the Stuart Swinton guy has been banging his wife behind his back. So not only does this guy get the job over him, he's also banging his wife, which clearly. Not a great look for Will. He's not very happy about that. Yeah. Um, so then insert Michelle Pfeiffer's character, <laughs> who is uh, Laura Alden, who is the daughter of the 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 like big boss man. The, She's the one of it's, character. it's one of Captain Von Trapp's kids that they escaped over the Alps from the Nazis. From. <laughs> <laughs> She's. We'll get to her character, but she's just sort of like the the the. the the bad girl daughter, I guess, um, who then starts relationship up with Will. All the while, Will is starting to like do more and more werewolf type things. <laughs> Wolf things. Uh, he starts looking into it. He visits some old doctor who gives him an amulet. Um, and uh, God, what else? He also decides to organize his own publishing house. Back to the storyline Joe cares a lot about, which. All that is worthless except for a fun scene where he pees. Uh, where he's he's, <laughs> he's talking to James Spader's character in the bathroom and just turns aside and pees all over his shoes and says it's to Marcus territory. It was worth it for that scene. Uh, what happens? Um, he starts realizing that he's having more and more issues, so he starts like locking himself up. But then Michelle Pfeiffer's character shows up to like not have him do that but then he ends up like going loose in central park and stealing david schwimmer's <laughs> handcuffs who plays a cop he he <laughs> rips the fingers off some youth who tries to mug him yes yeah, i forgot about that there's also the attempted mugging in central park uh and then we find out that charlotte's been murdered who is his wife ex-wife or whatever wife current wife so now we have a whole like murder mystery thing happening that they think will's a murderer Ugh. God. Too long, didn't read. <laughs> it turns out that James Spader, earlier in the movie, uh, in like kind of a forgettable sequence, uh, gets bit 
by uh, Will. He's a wolf. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. How can you forget that sequence? Nicholson <laughs> scurries up the stairs <laughs> like, a, like a, a chimp or something. <laughs> that scene I remember, the bite is like so quick that I didn't think much about it. Some look, man. Some dude bangs your wife, you bite him. Them's, them's well, the rules. Yeah, I, I can't say that I it glossed over for me. I was like, I definitely the bite was a moment where uh, <laughs> then I was really wondering what, what we were doing with this movie. On all uh, like James Spader grabs him and J- Jack Nicholson just turns around like a kindergartner and bites him <laughs> in the hand. Owns. <laughs> And right, then right thing la- to do in that situation launches himself up the stairs like those creepy videos of like the people that can run on four legs. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, this movie yep. has no idea what it wants to be. So, so by the I, end, we have a mono mono wolf fight between James Spader and uh, have, and, and Jack Nicholson. And uh, first of all, Spader Wolf, Spader Wolf, and I'm also sorry. I've. Nicholson as a wolf just looks like uh, Hugh Jackman's yeah. very very unconvincing stunt double <laughs> as Wolverine. <laughs> like it, it's it's like if they told Hugh Jackman to get out of shape for Logan. Yeah. <laughs> so I did read that Nicholson wanted to make this movie for like twelve years until it finally happened. So I wonder if like you know that's a tough twelve years in a man's life. Yeah, maybe he uh, was, would have been a little different twelve years prior. I, I mean, his... but but I'll will say this: like I think the story works better if it's an aging man because like so much of the heft of it becoming a wolf is that it makes him feel young again, and I I don't really think that like I think that that part kind of works mm-hmm. because like the the dramatic storyline like that again you'd have to be a sicko to care about. <laughs> is that this like rich new well i don't know how rich he is but like this new york publishing executive is being passed over by some young uh a, this young evil a young uh, buck if you will a young buck <laughs> so it sort of works that he is rejuvenated like he like he's a guy that had low t and he buys frank thomas's pills <laughs> <laughs> i do think that uh, overall I don't think this is a terrible movie. No, I don't really? think so either. But oh, uh, wow. I think it's significantly better I, than Frankenstein. I, oh, so, yeah. But before I get into uh, this, this is this is a just down the middle movie. Like yeah. I've. But with that said, this did remind me, and sometimes I forget of how good Jack Nicholson is, mm. because in the beginning of this movie, he's in like about Schmidt sad bastard mode. Mm-hmm. And as the movie progresses, like he goes into like alpha grinning Jack Nicholson mode. See, Jack Nicholson is always just Jack Nicholson to me. Oh boy! I thought he was, <sighs> which is fine. Like a lot of times, I enjoy Jack Nicholson, so it's great. I mean, there's, I think there's, I mean, he has a persona that's definitely become larger than life over the years. But I mean, look at like about Schmidt versus, you know. Like All the what, other what one flew movies. over the cuckoo's nest, or, yeah, or The yeah. Shining, or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, he's really good in about Schmidt. I'm not, or uh, or Batman, your favorite. Yeah. I mean, I do like Batman. So I'm gonna give a very succinct uh, summary of me during this movie. For the first 45 minutes, I was actually pretty into it, and I'm like, oh, this is doing some stuff I did not expect, and I was engaged. Then I realized there was an hour plus left of this, <laughs> and then it gets real dull. 
and then it gets at the end real silly. <laughs> yes. So the there's a, a big end sequence with a lot happening, which uh, also includes Michelle Pfeiffer. And by the end, we find out that she's also a wolf. <laughs> wolf. She, she, um, she's going off to join. Uh, also, it's implied that now uh, Nicholson is a wolf forever. Yeah, like a full full on wolf. Like when the the day comes back he's just still gonna be a wolf so that's implied and that's implied that uh michelle pfeiffer's character is gonna go join him i think what's weird is you know how we sometimes on other podcasts we've made jokes like this ain't your daddy's dracula this is your daddy's werewolf (laughs) like like if i saw this as a teenager i'd be like oh man it's a lot of like corporate politicking and like all sorts of like very like dad things in it i feel like so and that really gets into like (laughs) they really tried to classes i was like oh let's get the guy who did the graduate and we'll appeal to that new york elite audience who really likes werewolves the the production of this like the existence of this movie is more interesting than the movie i think um because you have like you have Jack Nicholson, you have Michelle Pfeiffer, you James Spader. You have a goddamn stacked cast. You have, you have Richard Jenkins, Chris, Christopher Plummer, David yeah. Hyde Pierce. We didn't even mention him. Um, By the way, have, uh, I love David Hyde Pierce, but is there a less convincing name for his character than Roy? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you know, what's weird, uh, I thought, like, while watching this movie is it does have... Um, like this stacked cast obviously and it's weird to think that like within a couple years the biggest star in this stacked cast is david schwimmer yeah well other than jack yeah but i mean at least yeah yeah but i mean still it's just wild that like the dude who played the cop for a couple minutes ends up being like a massive tv star in like five years well not even that like in like three i mean i think friends started I think year. yeah, I think Friends oh, started okay. the same year it came out. Or so was this, a huge hit right away. It was, yeah, wasn't it? it was. Okay. It came out swinging, as I yeah. recall. I guess you're right. So uh, that's that's like a funny little thing. I it, feel it, like it's very crazy that if you think about the dude from this movie who's in it with one line is still one of the most famous people in America. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, and I think like I think I looked up talking about like the stack cast. Um, oh, Allison Janney has like one line that's or two. Her, yeah, uncredited first thing. Yeah, there's two Oscar winners in this movie: Nicholson and Plummer, and then four nominees in Jenkins, Kate Nelligan, who plays the the wife, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Elaine May, who I don't think is in it but wrote it. Was like part of the team that wrote it. I think she's a Mike Nichols frequent collaborator. I yeah. believe. Yep. So. Uh, I don't know. It's just wild. It's just so wild that Dracula, which we obviously we talked about two weeks ago, spawns this like, this like Hollywood like lust of like we need to put big name directors onto like these monster movies and make it work and put all the shine possible into it. And in in this movie's case, no one is really agreeing on what movie they're making. <laughs> yeah, I I would like to thank the. Whoever runs the website gorgeouspfeiffer.com because <laughs> Are there feet? Uh, I was able here to find a feature on this movie by Peter Biskind. Oh about uh, from Premier Magazine from March of ninety four. See that's another thing. I couldn't find anything about the production for this, so thank you. Yeah, so I saw that you were having trouble and I I needed to know 
what was go- going on? What are these people thinking? Because mm-hmm. I-, I thought this was the dull- one of the dullest movies I've ever seen. And I didn't see how that could po- be possible given the people who were involved in it. So you have Mike Nichols directing, who I would say I have mixed feelings about. Okay. But we'll always I will always have an overall fondness for because of the birdcage. And also, I mean, your opinion aside, generally thought of one of the greats. Like Oh, he, no doubt. Yeah. He's and, one he tossed around as one of the probably new Hollywood big names. And then I would say you have an absolute king and Jack Nicholson, who is not only, I think, one of our finest actors of the last, you know, fifty years, but also a uh a movie star who uses his weight to really try to work with talented people. Uh, in this article, he talks about Mike Nicholson kept trying to quit, which Mike, Mike Nichols. Yes. And, and okay. Nicholson basically Mike Nichols. The, so there's tons of problems with the script. I guess we can start there. Uh, um, I forget his last name. His last, last name Harrington? is Harrison. Uh, the original writer Jim Harrison. Jim Harrison. Harrison. Yes. Uh, and and if you hear ask him about the movie, he, he definitely had something that was a lot. He left Hollywood because of this movie. Yeah. So they drastically dramatically changed the script that and vision he had. Apparently, he had arguments with Nicholson about whether it was even about werewolves. Which, okay. <laughs> um, and then they brought in the guy who wrote the Cape Fear remake. Yes, uh, to to talk. West, and then Wesley it, Strick, I believe his name is. Yep. And then the script still wasn't any good. So Elaine May, the, one of the all-time greats, came in and and did some uncredited work on it, and that's what got Pfeiffer involved, because she kept saying no, because her character was just like the girl on the side, and if you think about like all her quips and sarcastic one-liners, and you know Elaine May worked on it, then it makes a lot of sense. Like, oh, that sounds like Elaine May's sense of humor. And I still think it's a pretty worthless character, but I can definitely see how it probably was originally a lot worse. I know I know that Pfeiffer wanted it to be a stronger character than it was in the script, and I don't think she actually won that battle. But yeah, you could see that's priority lane made. I think you're right, where it's like, well, let's not make her be like totally, you know, a woman in peril. Yeah, so I think that they they basically got it good enough where Pfeiffer's like, fine. So then she got to work with Mike Nichols and Jack Nicholson, which she wanted to do, but she just thought that character was beneath her. And I think it still was, but I think she does a good job with what she has. Well, the yeah, character thing- is interesting. And this is where the movie did some stuff that I wasn't expecting is originally going into this. I thought, okay, he's going to have a torrid uh, old man, younger woman love affair. Uh, and then it starts up and I'm like, Oh, is he going to leave his wife and cheat on her? But then it, you know, it turns out that he's the one who's wronged. and Yeah, he's the one cucked. And then, uh, you know, obviously you have, it becomes romantic, but it's, you know, there's no sex scenes. It's not, I want to say it's not sexy. It's very like. There's a post-coital sex scene. Yeah. But the whole relationship with him and Pfeiffer, it feels very like uh, theater-esque. Like it, fe- it feels almost more like Hepburn Tracy than it does what I was expecting. So. Mm. This movie, I mean, obviously this is not like the biggest point of the movie, but it t- it did some stuff that I wasn't expecting, so I bumped it up a little for that. So I'm going to read a pretty troubling quote here. <laughs> and so Wesley Strick is the name of the writer they brought in to polish up the script after Harrison um, mm-hmm. left. And, and it seems to me like 
he's a big um, dummy. He also wrote, I think he wrote Doom with The Rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're talking about Strick or Harrison? Strick. Okay, so uh, Harrison, I think, was like a Jack Nicholson guy, and Nicholson really liked him and wanted him to work on this, but Harrison and Nichols, sorry it's so confusing, Nichols and Nicholson, but yeah, yeah. not our fault. Uh, so they brought in Strick, and Strick says that Mike Nichols just seemed persistently baffled by the script. He was, and here's a quote: uh, Nichols, in Strick's words, "quote was a bit baffled by it. He was always asking unsettling questions like, why is he becoming a wolf?' <laughs> Can he? I mean, I came out of this thinking Mike Nichols might be the dumbest person on the planet, and." Uh, it's it's just really upsetting. Uh, later, so the, he, Nichols kept qu- trying to quit because he never got a script that he liked. Yeah, he so, wanted to quit multiple times, and uh, Nicholson apparently told him, listen, I'm only going to approve you or Kubrick for this. Who do you think will make it faster? Yeah, and then the <laughs> studios would be like, all right, fine, we'll give you more time. Uh, so you saw that quote, too. Uh, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> um, then, so they start shooting this, and here's a, a wonderful quote from Michelle Pfeiffer. I would ask throughout shooting, what is this movie about? Uh, as soon as you say Jack Nicholson becomes a wolf, people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, and, and it's just like the production is just like, you, you read this stuff, and you, I just... <sighs> One thing I, I read that I, I took with a grain of salt, I think it's from the IMDb trivia, which we've said doesn't have got to be true sources. Trivia, Joe put but, stuff in there so we can read it later. <laughs> uh, but one anecdote I saw said that uh, Mike Nichols wanted Michelle Pfeiffer to wear a red riding hood in the final <laughs> act. Yes. <laughs> I saw that too. And she refused. Yeah. Oh, and I read that. I'm like, well, th- I don't know if I believe that, but now hearing what Joe read, absolutely can I believe it. I mean, at what point, at what point do you, like, I just kind of wonder, like, from the mindset of everyone involved with this, like, at what point you have to, like, be sold on the idea? Because it's, like, outside of Dracula being the success story, it's not a blueprint of success. Yeah. And then how many times throughout it you're like, this is silly. (laughs) Or you're just like, why why aren't we seeing more wolf attacks? Like, I'm bored. (laughs) I'm bored with all this corporate intrigue nonsense. It so, could be a movie without the wolf part. That's the crazy thing. You could just remove the whole werewolf thing, and you just have like roughly, yeah. You just end. You have Spader just kills the wife and frames him. You don't need the wolf angle. Well, no. So, so even Biskin even writes here. He says for Wolf to be a success, much depends on whether. So this is obviously written during the he visited the set. Yeah. For Wolf to be a success, much depends on whether the perplexities that plagued pre-production have been resolved. Whether Nichols has found the right tone and style for movie that is part thriller part romance part gothic horror story part comedy and whether the quarter inch approach can make the premise believable obviously no didn't even come close to solving that yeah there's a there's there's it's it's like i said the movie itself is fine it's fine it's not great it's not i think you guys are being too kind to it but i also i mostly just found it very boring um, well, I, the middle part, it this needed to be 35 to 40 minutes shorter, among many problems. But There's got to be rules in Hollywood. Like, there's got to be certain genres. They're like, what is it? It's a monster movie? You get 90 minutes. I'm sorry. Like, we need, like, the Roger Corman thing to come in sometimes and be like, no, 
it, it's a it's a pirate yeah. movie. It doesn't need to be over ninety minutes. Yeah, Roger Corman needs to come in like, look, can can kids touch each other to drive into it? Yes. All right, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to, we'll talk about thematically. It's all over the place. Stylistically, this is this is no bueno, guys. Oh, a lot of lot of lot of real rough um, slow motion shots. Yes, so, and and the stunt and like when Nicholson's character is running. Yeah. Like the the stunt double for him, the makeup on it is so it's just hilariously bad. So yeah, you first of all, all the actual wolf scenes are at once filmed in a kind of weird ballet like haze. Yeah. And then you have yeah, you have very bad makeup on Nicholson's stunt double because Nicholson was like fifty eight and can't do any stunts. No, of course not. I mean uh, And then you on top of also in the very beginning there's there's some CGI wolf nonsense going on, yes. as I recall. Yes, there is. Um, and then the other stylistic thing is, uh, I I hate to say this, but a very bad Ennio Morricone score. Yeah, that's another guy, a name we didn't mention, that he does the score for this, too. It's just like... it For, for normal, non-broken people out there, he's the most famously the good, the bad, and the ugly theme. He, hmm. He's a he's a king, all-timer. But yeah, he, he, he whipped out that already kind of dated late 80s smooth alto saxophone <laughs> yes your... the saxophone for this was so uh, weird it's, it's so it's like a cinemax movie kind of parts and uh it's it's like i said it's it, the most interesting thing about this movie is the fact that it exists and it has all this talent and it has it, it like and i think this is the thing we talked about last week and again just how it only takes one hit for hollywood to lose its mind and be like, well, yeah. let's try it. Let's yep. do the same thing. Let's throw seventy million dollars. What's in the public domain? <laughs> which, which, like, I read the Ebert review, and he's like, his review is like more closer to like Duff and I. But his point was like, how did this cost seventy million? Good luck finding where that money went. To. I can tell you, salaries. Actually, Just, I, I can mean, tell you guys. Okay. This, this, oh. I thought was hilarious, and and also more evidence that Nicholson is a king. I, I genuinely love I like Jack Nicholson is one of my all time favorites, in part because I think he's a great actor, an interesting guy, and and I I think like his love of film is so like moving because so many movie stars like you ask them to talk about movies they love and and it's so surface level and it doesn't like like athletes who don't actually like sports you know like it doesn't seem like they really care that much about it. Mm-hmm. But you hear like Nicholson talk about like Antonioni or something like that. Like he's just really he just loves movies, and I think that's cool. And also he knows how to make money off of movies. Yeah. And when you think about movies like this, where the studio is just clearly throwing money around and wasting it, I say like actors just get the bag. Oh yeah. So uh, first I'll read this quote, and then I'll I'll follow it up with a fun fact about the budget. Um, Was it a hard shoot? Comments Nicholson. Well, I don't know what an easy... I wish I could do his voice. Well, I don't know what an easy shoot is. Yeah, it was a hard shoot. As opposed to making a story about a guy who survives a bath in radioactive waste or who is the devil, it's not such a new area for me. Then it follows up with, (laughs) The picture went 10 days over, triggering the $150,000 a day penalty clause in Nicholson's contract. $150,000 a day? Every day they went over... And needed Nicholson, he got hundred and fifty grand a day, and this is nineteen ninety four. Yeah, that's that's close. That's, that's closer to a quarter million now. So he he made yeah. over a million dollars 
for, uh, for he made fifteen million or excuse me a million and a half one, one, yeah one for because they went ten days long. <laughs> That's so cool. That rules. Yeah. Um, I know he or he initiated some type of huge profit sharing thing for Batman, and he ended up making like some ridiculous amount of money even now like it's like what robert downey jr makes for an avengers movie or something that's awesome uh there's there's also maybe i'm dumb but this amulet seems important in this movie but it's never very clear what it does uh, yeah me. we should just transition uh, we've talked a lot about the behind the scenes stuff uh i I, w- I know duff wrote that in the agenda that he made i don't know what the amulet does either it, it, i think it's like <laughs> Does it I, keep him from going full wolf? That's what's... Well, I, maybe I have, that's it. So I have no idea either. And, <laughs> and like, it, it clearly does that because, okay. First of all, I want to mention, because it's it's appropriate here. This movie's kind of mean to horses, which I'm sure didn't bother Rob. Not at all. But, like, he keeps going near horses even though they clearly know he's part wolf and don't like maybe him Maybe it's just because he chews a lot of gum, Joe. <laughs> so Michelle Pfeiffer's like, oh, we can lock you in the barn in case you go wolfy. Well, and the stables, and she doesn't take the horses out. Well, Joe, it's because when you're by the horses, or you're stable, and when you're out, you're uh, unstable. How do you kick people out of this? I wish I, I wish we had button? like morning zoo shock jock sound effects. Like, I wish we had a slide whistle or a, something like that. Yeah, uh, horses so, are mad a lot in this movie. So as for as for the amulet. You guys know how I love like cryptids and zoology and whatnot. I went on a hunt. I'm like, what is this stupid amulet? Oh, doing? I didn't even think to look up if that was like a real wolf proofing thing. I I kept looking it up, and I mean, we'll talk later about werewolves and such. I couldn't find a damn thing, <laughs> and ironically, that's also in the I rewatched the original Wolfman movie, and the amulets in that too. Oh, oh. and and as best I can tell guys it's just gypsies use their powers to make the amulet ward off wolves that's that's the best <laughs> i could find can he say that because yeah he he gets this amulet like pretty early on i totally he, forgot about that storyline he like meets some like old some guy who wants to wants him some to guy, bite him yeah. some guy who i got very excited about because i thought it was edwards james almos <laughs> <laughs> yeah it did kind of look like him. Uh, yeah i like, see it. it like in makeup yeah, it looked like Edwards James almost like in like Battlestar Galactica, except he wasn't that old yet, and he had like that guy opened the door. I'm like, whoa, is it has Edward James almost uncredited in this? <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the the he gets the amulet and he says it's really important, and he could like he he continues to like run out and do stuff as like I guess he's just not full wolf. He's just like one quarter wolf at that point. I guess you're right. That must be what it does. It it stops you from turning totally into in, in the original it. movie. Uh, yeah, he ends up giving it to the the love interest and makes a promise to wear it uh, so he doesn't attack her. It's it's like um, medication yeah. that reduces your symptoms. Yeah, yeah, but it gives you diarrhea. <laughs> Come on, you're really on one tonight. You need to you need to call your doctor if you have wolfism for more than six hours. Well, it's like ly- lichenism or what is it? What is this? Like lichen? Of, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh boy. All right. So, so like, what? What is this movie? It's it's not horror. It's no. It's too boring to be a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it had. 
it does beat the definition of what a horror is, though. I mean, it has a monster. Maybe it is horror, and it's just the dullest Mike Nichols version of horror I've ever seen. Well, it, it's like a horror movie made by like this, uh, this uh, a theater guy. Once again, I, they took a theater guy. Well, yeah, but uh, but I mean, I, Mike I, Nichols I, is more than that. But like, still. He's made a you know. I don't know that it's theater guy. It's just like he doesn't see like it's a guy that clearly based on the stories about the production and especially pre-production that had no interest in making a werewolf movie. Yeah, he does. I mean, whether or not you think of him as a theater guy, he did have a huge background in theater and brought that sensibility to mm-hmm. his movies. Yeah, no and doubt. So, yeah. He was afraid of Virginia which Wolf, is, which is, is why incredible, but also yeah. very theatrical. And that's why in this movie you get these really ham-handed scenes where you get dialogue like, oh, art is dead because the Philistines just want to watch pop culture TV. And it's just, I'm like, why Why is this in my werewolf movie? What, what's going on? I mean, it is, it is also like a movie by old guys about how they're not ready to give up their crown yet, yeah. too, right? But, but it also, like, there's no reason to think that he should because, like, the, the younger, the James Spader character is a complete scum. Yeah. Like, the, well. it would it doesn't make any sense because the, the, there's no reason to find him sympathetic. He spends the whole movie, and I'm not exaggerating, I'd say every time he shows up in a scene, he talks about how much he loves... I should probably look up what his name actually is. What is the Will name Randall? of Jack Nicholson's character? Will Randall. Will. Will, okay. Talk about how he looks at Will as like a father and how he literally loves him. But then uh, schemes behind his back to take his job, mm-hmm. has sex with his wife, mm-hmm. and then after doing Tries- all these things is continually like, oh, I- I'm going to try to help you out. Please don't be mad at me. Well, uh, to be fair, Joe. Yeah. Had Will not taken that trip up to Vermont and been bit by a wolf, it all would have worked out fine for Stuart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All the schemes are working perfectly. So, yeah, so you have the you have his whole angle with the the corporate I want to say satire or is but is it satirical? I don't like I read that I think, all over the place, but I don't see what's satirical about it. I I think parts of it are. I that's the thing. I think this is just thematically cobbled together <laughs> there's like t- there's like 10 minutes we were technical so just watch on sniffing things <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's so many creepy like moments like okay i will say this about james spader like i don't really think he's very good in this movie but i don't know that it's really his fault um but there's no one better at playing like a little creep than james oh, spader yeah. like in the police station michelle pfeiffer has to go there for questioning and he's there too when he's starting to descend into wolf mode yeah and sex he, lies in wolf rape yeah <laughs> and he like sniffs her and stuff it's like oh god he actually like gets up like gets down into her business too and sniffs yeah her. yeah it's, it was it's un, uncouth james spader it's there, there are there are like a handful of scenes in this movie that i did enjoy um and then around like a bunch of other nonsense around it for sure but that that doesn't work david cronenberg should have directed this in my opinion if you're you're gonna do body horror it would be hard to do worse yeah to do better i mean yeah uh here's a question would you guys want to be a werewolf we asked this about um we didn't ask this about the monster i don't think anyone wants to be frankenstein's monster but we asked it about dracula would you want to be a werewolf no Uh, i don't have any interest in that so do werewolves live forever oh because I read about, I mean, the even by, like, monster movie standards, the werewolf is just everything hobbled together. Like, just, you kind of take 
different elements of every monster or folklore. So some people think they can live forever, but then you can kill them with a silver bullet, maybe. So I don't. A Coors Light. <laughs> Bob Seger's backing band. <laughs> Uh, a quick Google search says the average werewolf lives around 1,700 to 2,100 years. Oh, well, I'm a little more intrigued then. Uh, that's still a long time, man. <laughs> Is it the traditional werewolf thing where I only have to be, I only get weared up on, during full moons? Yeah. Oh, um. Well, well, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, At I'll night. do it if I get to live that long. That sounds so cool. So I will, I will tentatively say yes. Um, I want, but I want to be the the Jack Nicholson wolf because okay because here's ja- why because <laughs> he never goes full wolf uh, because you never go full wolf never that Oscar never go full wolf um, because because he has the amulet or whatever well I guess he does go full wolf at the end um, yeah but for all intents and purposes he can go like uh, let's say half wolf and he's still in control he's still good like and they talk about uh, in the original and this one, I think, about how you know being a wolf just it doesn't make you bad. If you're bad, you'll be a bad wolf. Yeah. Nicholson, he he doesn't mess with anyone who doesn't mess with him when he's a wolf. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's a, he's a- and now and that's that's just kind of I was justifying the bad parts. Otherwise, it seems pretty awesome. Like he he's seeing better. He yeah. can like he can hear everyone around him. Yeah, erections um, come back. He's <laughs> he's got that that confidence. Like uh, I want I want his wolf editing skills. Apparently, you can edit a book really fast when you're a yeah. wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact about werewolves. I mean, it's it really is just like how the wealthy get all those anti aging drugs. It's just like you're on the best anti aging drugs. It's it, you get whatever Tom Cruise gets. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I think. I think even 2000 years that's a long time but at least you know it's going to be up so yes I will I will go wolf. Yeah, I, I'm I'm into. I, I I there's a lot of things I like about it but here's the thing and I don't want to I don't want to get you guys mad but I'm not a big dog guy. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah. So so like so you couldn't live with yourself being a canine? No. Like if You're I could just, be like a were cat God. I would I would do that because dogs ruin the internet. Like, what? like, yeah, like when the cat, like during the best days of the internet, cats were big. It was keyboard cat. It was, it was grumpy cat. It's all the cats. And then Instagram happened and then everyone started posting their dogs and then dogs went crazy on the internet and then misinformation spread and then 2016 <laughs> election happened. And now here we are in 2020 and it's a nightmare out uh, there. Just because I want the cat internet. Just because when you hate that people say doggos <laughs> listen oh, i hate that too let's go back to the cat internet when things were better the internet was great during the cat times you know there's still cats out there on the internet i understand but they got overshadowed and and now <laughs> the cat internet was a better internet that's all i'm saying <laughs> well, things move in cycles <laughs> well yeah. well when, when the life gets good again i bet just when cats are big on the internet <laughs> that's all i'm saying all right <laughs> So, otherwise, it does seem cool being a werewolf, outside of being a dog. Um, Duff, I, you, you said you did some deep research, yeah. So on amulets and such. What else have you found out? So, I could either sum things up in one sentence or just go on forever. Because, like I said, 
werewolves are just a, a hodgepodge of folklore. I mean, all folklore is uh, branches out by by nature. But I mean, I'll see, you know, sometimes wolves are because of Satan. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes it's because you get bit. Uh, sometimes the wolves can come back from the dead and just start eating corpses. Uh, this is one of those things that it goes way back. Like the one we're familiar with is probably like the medieval to like, you know, Victorian era werewolf. But I guess it goes back like, you know, B.C., that there's always been some version of this uh a russian version of a werewolf you can recognize them by bristles under the tongue (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Uh, the swedes said that the werewolf could be distinguished from a regular wolf by the fact that would run on three legs and the fourth one would go backwards to look like a tail and that's and that's why they don't sell three-legged um tables at ikea (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of creepy the reason for that is because I guess it's a common thing that werewolves don't have tails in a lot of versions. That's oh. actually one of the one of the most common uh, traits. Well, that makes it, sense because like the, 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 humans don't have tails, so like everything else, you can kind of just transfer to like a wolf shape, right? But that's the only thing where you'd have to grow a new thing. Yeah, this is the most metal one. This is the one I like the best. Is uh. In uh, Germany, Poland, and northern France, people thought that you became a werewolf if you died in mortal sin, and then oh. you came and then you came back to life as blood a blood drinking wolf, <laughs> and and that that wolf uh, it would go consume human corpses at every day, and it, the the way that you got rid of these wolves is you had to decapitate them with a spade, and then you had to exor- <laughs> a spade, yeah, <laughs> and then you had to exercise the the demon from the wolf and that all that even was not enough because the head had to be then thrown into a stream <laughs> because oh boy. because in the stream the weight of its sins would weigh it down wow that, that is, is that is metal af guys. yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah whenever whenever there's like a um, multi-step process to kill something you know it's like a real deal yeah so i mean the the version we're most familiar with is that you get bit by a wolf and you become a wolf during a full moon that's honestly a lot of that is from the wolfman universal movie there's like there's there's not like you know bram stoker's werewolf or something like that um i guess like i don't think we're gonna name this movie but uh what is the best werewolf movie you've ever seen yeah that's what i was gonna bring up earlier because i watching this i realized i've seen very few werewolf movies so i need an education on this I don't think there's that many great werewolf movies, to be honest. Like the the obvious answer, if you're just going straight werewolves, is um is is by our our good friend John Landis. John Landis. Yeah, yeah. is that movie good? Because I refuse to yes. watch it because of him. It's it good. is. I mean, it was made during his peak. It's an excellent movie. It's it's scary and it's actually pretty funny, but it's not like wink wink funny. Like okay. it's not like cabin in the woods like meta funny like it's it's a regardingly charming movie um yeah it's been a long time but i remember really liking it when i did see it um uh, that was probably going to be my pick also with the caveat that i haven't seen a lot of werewolf movies and i haven't seen the howling it's uh that's uh 
a blind spot for me. I feel like I should have seen that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because Joe Dante made that, and he's great, so I, I was hoping one of you would have seen it, because it, so, it sounds I, awesome, and he's awesome. Um, I've seen, seen I've seen one of the sequels, um, the the uh, marsupials. What, hold on, there's there's some weird one that I swear to God it's got a really weird name. Um, no, maybe not. All right, I thought there was like, oh yes, the Howling Three, the marsupials. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's, so are they like killer, killer like kangaroos or something? I don't know. It takes place in Australia. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've actually ever seen it, but my friends and I would always talk about, I guess in our head it was Howling 3, the attack of the marsupials, but it's just the marsupials. I, I have questions about <laughs> this movie, so I'll, I'll be looking into that. Yeah, really. Uh, oh, I'll give, I'll give an, an honorable mention to not a werewolf movie, but a movie with a kick-ass werewolf. Uh, the Never Ending Story. Oh yeah, uh, it has uh, Gamork, who's terrifying. I, honestly, well, like the Underworld movies might be some of the better werewolf movies. Oddly enough, they're not that good, really. But like, I don't think I've seen an Underworld movie. Well, I think I saw the first one. If we can count what we do in the shadows as a werewolf movie, because it does have werewolves in it. They're werewolves, yeah. not swearwolves. Then uh, yeah, that one I mean that that. That is great. Uh, yeah, it, it's it is like uh, it's there, there needs to be more werewolf movies. And we are forgetting uh, a a movie I rewatched often as a child, or as a youngster, Teen Wolf. Oh, oh yes. yes, that's a good pick actually. That's actually. Um, uh, what is your favorite publishing house movie, guys? <laughs> um, <do you> have- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boy, hard to think of one. <laughs> hard to think of just one. They're also they're also relatable. Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird. What a I weird mean, like, thing. There's like spotlight, obviously, I guess. But that's like <laughs> that's journalism. journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um Well, guys, do you have anything else you want to talk about with Wolf? Werewolf. Werewolf. Um, <laughs> let's talk about a exciting opportunity for our listeners. And it's it's uh, man, I've got to shoot. This episode's also sponsored by Pizza Math, uh, which you can find out more at pizzamath.fyi. You're going to have that to record the... like a bumper now to throw in at the They're beginning. Gonna get... I don't, oh my God, what if they don't send us the money because I didn't do it on the last episode? I, we don't. Okay, well, let's moving on. Um, we have an exci- a real exciting opportunity. It's not an ad for our, for our current Patreons and anyone who wants to become one. So for $2 a month, you can become a Patreon. You get access to a monthly a paid podcast episode which uh this month we did or in october we did um one uh, an interview with the vampire with our good friend claire the horniest movie you've ever seen yes it's well, a very very long and fun recording i don't know if it's the horniest it's we gayest <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and then, uh, and we do this every single month. And then we normally, almost about every month, maybe not quite. We usually take anything that's been cut out of the episode. I'm sure there's stuff from this episode that will end up there that we put on our after dark content. So, if any of this interests you at all, you could pay up to two dollars, 
and you can become a Patreon. And here's the thing. We are going to give thanks to our Patreons. Maybe we should do this annually. What we're going to do is on Thanksgiving or shortly after Thanksgiving, anyone who is currently a Patreon. So if you've already won, awesome. If you're not one yet, you can just do it by Thanksgiving. We will randomly choose one, and that person will get to choose our December uh, movie that we talk about. can be a holiday movie. doesn't have to be. But that will be the movie we talk about on our uh, Patreon feed. So we're going to do that. Week. Yeah. yeah. So two dollars. You 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 could pay two dollars one time. I mean, yeah. And have a chance to have us talk about any movie you want. NPR gives out those tote bags. We're giving you probably an hour of us cursing you for making mm-hmm. us watch something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Plus, I, 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 that's that's lasting content. Plus, plus. I mean, the gift of time. We got to spend time watching this movie. We gotta, we gotta research it. We gotta record it. We gotta edit it. We gotta bring it out. We gotta interact with people about it. It is an incredible gift. We will promise at least a mediocre effort, perhaps yep. stronger. And you will help us uh, eat with that two dollars. <laughs> Rob, Rob will spend it on spicy nuggets from McDonald's that he orders at one in the morning. Um. So yeah. Uh, if you're interested in that, go to uh, patreon.com slash the midnight boys and uh, sign up. I mean, pretty fun. Uh, we, we should put some caveats. Like, you cannot pick like an eight hour movie. Like, you cannot say you guys are doing Satan Tango. Yeah. Yeah. You, whatever Joe said. You can't do that. <laughs> I, you, I, I refuse to do Salo. <laughs> I would do that. Uh, it would give me a reason to watch it. Uh, or like, you know, we always made jokes about like making us watch Empire, the Andy Warhol movie. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like, you know, you know, be kind. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, friends, it's been, it's been nice. We get to leave 1994. Thank God. Next week. Oh yeah. We can talk about what we're doing next week. We go five years later and we talk about the mummy, a movie that, a movie that I hope does not involve publishing. (laughs) <laughs> it absolutely does it. it the, the mummy is wrapped it. in the pages of the New Yorker, and and this is a much different movie than the last three we've talked about. Uh, this one I haven't seen it, but it seems fun. It's wild to me. Neither of you guys have seen the mummy. I've it's just wild some, to me. Somehow missed this. I'm I'm honestly excited. I, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've always heard it's fun. So we'll it's see. fun. It's yeah. It's not like Frankenstein or even Wolf. It's a fun movie. It's it's all about having a good time. So let's have a good time next week with the mummy. <laughs> you and, you uh, know what the best part about having fun is, Rob? How much fun it is. Yep. <laughs> it's the best part. All right. Well, um, once again, thank you to PizzaMath.FYI for sponsoring the season. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week talking about the mummy. <laughs> <laughs>